0: Money FM 89.3, Best of Weekends.
1: The Happiness Conference 2020 <laughs> is a social enterprise translating the science of happiness and well-being into actions that people can take. It is going to be happening um, this month. And very happy to have on the organizer and one of the uh, people that's going to be taking part in it, Sherman Ho, the co-founder of the Happiness Initiative, and Mark Van Huysen, founder of PEAK performance (laughs) gentlemen welcome to weekend mornings money fm make us happy today will you please we need it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think even all the stress people are facing now with the elections i think we oh, can do it with a it, little
1: bit of happiness, right? <laughs> indeed. We all need something good to think about, something positive to think about. Uh, Sh- uh, Sherman, let's start with you. Talk to us about uh, the conference that's coming up, ha- Happiness Conference mm-hmm. 2020. So, so this conference is organized by us. We are a social enterprise called
2: Happiness Initiative, where we try to take the science and research behind happiness and well-being and to see and to translate them into actions that people can take. Because a lot of times in Singapore, actually, we are very pragmatic people, right? You know, when you talk about happiness, you think it's this fluffy abstract thing, and you don't make time for it. So, but there's actually a lot of research that goes into this field, and we wanted to help people understand this. Also, this conference was really a platform for us to to try to enable that to get speakers to come to share about all these techniques, these tips, some of these applications that can use to improve their well-being.
1: I think we all need a little bit of it. How, how, how will the conference, usually it's been in person over the last few years, now it's going to be virtual this year. How, how is it actually going to look to people that want to take part in it? Yeah, so
2: it has been a very, very stressful few months because this conference was originally supposed to happen in uh, March. So it was supposed to be a physical conference. And then as everybody knows now, COVID happened and then we had to postpone everything. And then there was a whole map rush to convert it online. So now what we're going to do is instead of a two-day event in March, we now have it over a month where Mm. every week we have a panel discussion. And then at the end of it all, we have a two-day session where we have online webinars for people to participate in. And one of the speakers nice. you managed to get is uh, Angela Duckworth, who is a very famous uh, TEDx speaker and also uh, uh, the author of Greed, who talks a lot about how to uh, passion and perseverance.
0: Question for you here. I, I've lived in Singapore since 1996, yeah. and, I, and I've and i written books and columns, often mocking Singapore's unbelievable obsession with happiness. We Every year we get the happiness index and we're at the bottom or near the bottom and then we get the post-mortems and the hand-wringing. Why are we so miserable? Why are we so unhappy? And it goes on for days and weeks and the Straits Times do spreads on it. Every year, you can set your watch by this. Honestly. Mark, why in Singapore are we so obsessed with happiness? Or the lack of? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's always like the Singaporean dream. And you're always thinking about what we can get next. And I really love this article that Richard Brooks wrote in The Atlantic. Mm. And he gave us three equations to happiness. And I really like the third equation of happiness. And that is satisfaction equals um, what you have divided by what you want. And I think Singaporeans keep figuring out the numerator, what we have, and we try to increase that um, amount, whether it's more money, a better paying job, a wonderful relationship. But we forget about the denominator, Mm. about what is it that, um, yeah, what is it that we'll be satisfied with so i think that that gave us like some good insight into uh, what singaporeans can think about when it comes to satisfaction or well-being
0: in that uh, sense and sherman what do you think on this as a singaporean you know is it that this idea that maybe kiasuism and happiness are somehow you know <laughs> They just don't go together you know they're uneasy bedfellows the obsession with money career the five c you know the five c's or whatever the latest status symbol is versus happiness what is it about singapore and singaporeans do you think (laughs) makes it such an uneasy bedfellow
2: yeah i think singaporeans generally we are we are we are very stressed out because i think there are many factors like uh, the high cost of living the very fast pace of living in singapore and you know you grow up in a system in educational system where where there's very high stake exams and then you, you know, you sort of, as you grow up, you are always pressured to, that you need to keep doing better and better and better. And, and I don't think that Singapore is an unhappy country per se. Correct. I, I, think, I think it's more so that there is more that we can do to be happy. Because if you look at, I mean, if you go back to the surveys that all these news organizations always bring out, like the World Happiness Report and all, mm. Singapore is actually ranked decently high. We are 30-something in the, the yeah. around the world, right? We are ranked 30-something, right? But one interesting fact that we always try to look at is that of all the indicators that they use to, to sort of measure what contributes to this, this ranking, right? Singapore ranks top in like many areas. For example, GDP, we rank highest in healthcare. We rank highest in our trust in government institutions. Yeah, but there are certain areas that we are very, very far back on. It's one thing is uh, the social support. Mm. And another thing is, is also uh, generosity, Mm. Right. And I think maybe that's partly due to the the, the, the way Singapore is. That we are a very small island and it's always about survival. Yeah. So so we always try to, to you know, try to and there's this whole narrative about we need to survive, we need to survive. So it's always all about protecting ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's what we want to do. We are not trying to say that Singapore well, Singaporeans this wholly unhappy bunch and miserable. I think that Singapore generally are okay, but we can do more to, to help, sort of help improve this well-being.
0: I think you make mm-hmm. a great point there, Sherman, actually, because, look, I grew up mm-hmm. in England. We are the <laughs> grumpiest people on earth. <laughs> When it comes to miserable people, <laughs> you'll go a long way to beat the English. We, uh, the, the whole thing mustn't grumble. We do nothing but grumble in England. It's a national <laughs> pastime. It's the good
1: food and the good weather that just yeah, makes you so, so weather, cheery.
0: Terrible <laughs> weather, terrible food. We just grumble. However, on your point, the Brits also, in fairness, to be balanced, has a reputation for generosity, mm-hmm. social welfare, mm-hmm. compassion, helping the less fortunate, safety nets, and so on. So... What what are some of the things you'll be talking about at this conference? that maybe tackle that dichotomy because I think you're right I think you make a good point it's nurtured in Singaporeans from a young age survival you know no natural resources we, we can all parrot this over and over again you know kill your neighbour before your neighbour kills you you know this, this kind <laughs> what? of su- survivalist Darwinist mentality that's not a literal metaphor people I was going to say it's, yeah. life is tough I up in Sengkang, like Kang isn't it yeah, we kill each other in Sengkang. Kang we kill each other in Sengkang. I'm on the run for 10 murders but, <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it on happiness. <laughs> so, so, what are some of the things at your conference they're going to, uh, I mean, maybe Mark can take this one. Some of the things at your conference that you're going to talk about, they're going to deal with this dichotomy. You know, how do we make Singaporeans yeah. happier? Yeah, I
3: think, well, Sherman would probably know of one of the panel discussions. I think he's going to talk about the community um, as well as um, well-being and youth. The, the panel discussion that I'll be moderating will be on well-being at work, the secret ingredient to thriving organizations. So I believe, yeah, developing compassion even within organizations would be a useful tool. And a recent McKinsey um, article was talking about how leaders should develop themselves to be more compassionate leaders. And I think even compassion amongst your colleagues understanding and developing that sort of empathy about the difficulties that each of them go through Mm -hmm. in their work at home now we're all working from home we all have different contexts with which we're going through for all our workplace conferences and Zoom calls with kids shouting in the background Mm -hmm. (laughs) pets running all over the place so Mm -hmm. yeah developing compassion um, and being a compassionate leader would
1: be important yeah yeah. we're talking with Martin Van Huysen the founder of Peak Performance and Sherman Ho the co-founder of the Happiness Initiative and Mark you said something that's very interesting, which is, you know, that we're, we're in a very different space in terms of our colleagues, our coworkers, the teams that we're running. Some, of course, are going back to the office environment. Many have said that they are never going back to the office environment. Uh, how, how do we manage that health, mental well-being, happiness among teams that are now going to find themselves not sitting next to each other either all of the time or maybe 50% of the time, if at all? Yeah,
3: and I think the, the greatest predictor of well-being has been found to be relationships. So it's still finding that way to connect even in your remote teams, whether you just have a connection or like a check-in five minutes before you start your actual meeting, mm. just asking how's everyone doing or like what's been the best part of today for you. Um, just checking and finding out how people are doing outside of the work context makes people feel like you're genuinely caring for their well-being. So I think that's one of the things to still keep it. Uh,
2: um, yeah and also
3: things that they could do would also be like running your virtual well events yeah. um, and still like traveling around the world even though you're on a Zoom call and mm. having an yeah, mm. amazing race
0: mm. and, okay. and Sherman uh, as, as Glenn mentioned we're mostly working from home but is there anything in the conference or summit you're talking about how maybe we need to change workplace culture generally i give you a very good example uh-huh. a friend of mine who who ran a company in Singapore he was the boss The the staff would not go home until he went home. And this was something he would never stipulate. He just said it was a very Asian thing. Nobody wanted to be seen to go home before the boss. They had no work to do. They had done their work, but they would not go home before the boss left the building. So he would have to leave earlier and earlier and earlier just to make his staff go home. He would order them to go home. But no one wanted to be the first person to be seen to go home. It, and, and they were all miserable about this. <laughs> Nobody was happy. So is there something we need to do within the workplace to change that culture, Sherman? Mm yes I, th-
2: thanks for asking this question because because this is experience i myself went through because i used to work in a very traditional asian company before and i and i was working i was handling a, a in a different time zone i was working in the africa region right so 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 in my work i had to work at night for sure because that's the africa time zone right and i realized this very interesting thing when when i left right I, when I did my exit interview with the company, I asked the HR manager, I said that, you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted to leave was that I didn't understand why is it that I'm expected to work at night, but I have to come to office at 9am every single day. Right? It didn't make sense. And then her response was was a, a little bit shocking because she told me that, oh, I, I don't understand what is it with you young people and work-life balance nowadays. When we were younger, you know, we really worked out. We really worked hard and, and we did never complain. So I think... To to change this culture is not something that is something that can be done overnight. It's a whole there's a lot of very deeply held beliefs that managers and, and people that have been in the company for a very long time have in terms of how the way work is should be done. Right. And this culture sometimes permeates the entire organization. Yeah. Right? So one of the, the 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 best ways that I, I do feel that is very important is really training your middle managers. Because at the end of the day, your top management usually can be very enlightened. They can think that, oh, you know, it's more, more about the work. doesn't matter how long you work, it's what the scope. But at the end of the day, the middle managers are the ones that has to be trained in a lot of being aware of a lot of these things, helping them understand that, you know, how to deal with people, how to empathize with people, how to understand that people also have their personal lives and, and the, the way people work. And a lot of time, these things are lacking because middle managers sometimes are promoted not based on the ability to lead a team, but they're promoted based on technical mm. capability. Mm. Like I'm very good at doing the job that I do. And now I'm put in charge of a team because I'm good at the job I do. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I have the capabilities to manage that team well. Yeah. And often that's why there's a lot of uh, issues and, and, and conflicts. And all these all this, uh, you know, issues happen and people get very unhappy with their jobs.
1: Sherman, how can folks uh, take part in the Happiness Conference? What do they need to do?
2: No, you just have to go to the website uh, happinessconference.asia and and basically the the links to the RCP are all there and the event is completely free so everything is virtual and they're all completely free so they can you can just sign up for everything and, and bring all your friends and and enjoy the, the the all the sessions together there are total total of uh, 12 events that will
1: happen that and it's happen happening from you. the 12th right it's happening from uh, next 12th Thursday November. yep until next the 6th Thursday. of December
0: right Until the 6th of December. Awesome. Perfect. So get online and get happy.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Sherman Ho, co-founder of the Happiness Initiative, and Mark Van Wiesen, founder of Peak Performance. Thanks to you both for being with us today on Money FM. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us
0: here. Thanks. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.